0: everybody! This is the Simpson Show. I'm Robbie with my co-host Matt, and we are here to talk about the Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, how are you?
1: I'm well. I was fantastic, Robbie, and then I watched this episode, and now, now I don't know anything anymore. My my whole world has come crashing down around me. Nothing means anything. Nihilism wins. Rick Sanchez is a genius. Heat the whole death, world. Heat,
0: heat, heat death of the universe. I saw that trailer. There's a tra- they did. They're doing the fake E3 thing this week, and. uh they did a trailer for the Rick and Morty guy. It's not Rick and Morty game, but it's made by this Justin Roiland, I think, where all the guns, every single gun is voiced by him and it just, they all scream at you with Rick and Morty style jokes. And I, I've gotten, I think I've just aged. I like the, the pandemic years aged me so much farther out of Rick and Morty humor that I just, it's antithetical to what I am now. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, this episode, okay. Uh, I'm going to try. Try not to be angry about it. I'm just going to try and be s- s- calm and rational and sane and not scream about Mona Simpson. Hi. Hello. We are brought to you by our supporters on Patreon. You can support us by going to patreon.com slash Show for only $2 a month, gain access to our bonus content, for $5 a month, gain access to a bunch of stuff. I've said it before. You If you listen to any other episodes, I talk about it all the time. You should go support us. We really appreciate it. We have a couple of people to thank. Matthew. Ooh, fantastic. Uh we have Andrew L. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, Andrew. And Kane Reeves. Thank you, Kane. Thank you, Kane. This week's episode is Mona Leaves Uh. <sighs> boy. Uh Ooh, the title man. alone. Oh boy. Uh episode KBF twelve, originally aired May eleventh, two thousand eight, written by Joel H. Cohen, directed by Mike B. Anderson and Ralph Sosa. Received a three point seven rating with six point one million viewers the chalkboard gag this punishment is not medieval uh, it is written in a medieval style f- uh, font format and this is a, a good chalk that's a good chalkboard gag That's clever
1: and then we go into an extremely long uh, couch gag
0: yeah uh we get a nice we get a nice a full intro full normal intro with the chalkboard gag which i will applaud the chalkboard gag it is probably the most clever thing in this whole episode um, and then you have the couch gag, which is to repeat it is the evolution gag from Homerazzi. This is the third time we've seen the evolution gag. Uh, with this is back to Marge's original line after Homer comes home from evolving, but this is one of the longer couch gags. Uh, and I, I've never seen this episode before. All I knew is that Mona dies in it, and I knew nothing else. And I, this is the first thing you see is a really long couch guy and filling time. And you're like, oh no, oh no, that's, that's not good. That's a bad sign.
1: Uh, it's a very bad sign because it means they were just completely out of ideas. So <laughs> yeah. we,
0: uh, we wanted to make this episode as short as possible. So let's fill as much time as possible. We can with a couch gag. This uh, episode so guest stars Glenn Close as Mona and Lance Armstrong as himself. <sighs> if you need extra reasons to not like this episode. <laughs> there you go. Uh this episode I will this I d- usually don't say this but with that long couch gag this episode doesn't actually start until over 2 minutes in to the running time. 2 minutes 8 seconds of of a uh, intro which and honestly, I'm okay with that because of where this episode goes very shortly. <laughs> I, I guess you're right, Matt. You know, that's, the, like, that's the, the right way of looking at it because I don't want more of this episode. If, like, ideally, they w- if this episode was written well, you know, I would say they could use that time to make it better and give us more depth and more, you know, connection and development of ideas. But no, you're right. It's better that this episode is shorter. Uh, because it is... Do you think it's crazy to call this an affront? An affront to Simpsons fans?
1: I don't think it would be crazy to say that. I would say this is a complete character assassination. This just uses Mona as the impetus for something incredibly stupid. And it's just like, all you had to do was never mention her again. Just forget that she exists
0: and everyone will be better (laughs) off. But no, you have to go and completely screw it up. Doing nothing is better than what they did, uh, but I feel like that yeah it's like this feels like if you saw Mother Simpson that's what I, I really like that's what I, I kind of I, I thought I had in my mind while I was watching this. I was like, what if you know you'd watched the Golden Years and you'd seen Mother Simpson, and then someone told you, and you haven't, then you stopped. You stop watching The Simpsons for whatever reason. Not even because you thought they were bad. You just stopped watching because you didn't have time anymore. You grew up. You got busy. You got, you know, there's a lot of reasons you can fall off a TV show. And then someone said, oh, there is an episode in season 19 where she dies. You should watch that. Oh, you like Mother Simpson? You should see what happens. I can't imagine yeah. making the leap. Like watching this episode from just cold, never watching any of the teen years, you you might think that you've gone mad, like I like it's I, it hard. Distinctly seems possible. It, like after watching, like we've seen all these episodes in between, so we're just kind of like, oh yeah, of course it's bad. But imagine jumping in. Okay, we start at the mall, Matt. We start at the mall. There's a bit here about Mo enjoying telling people that he doesn't. They can't park in his parking spot. Uh huh. It's really long. Uh, It takes a long time. Every bit, you think you're like, why is this taking so long? And you just say that every time. They uh, they are buying sweaters. They went to the mall to buy sweaters for Bart and Lisa. Bart and Lisa are not happy about that. Doesn't matter. (laughs) None of
1: this matters. None of of this even comes close to mattering. Everything about until they get home completely pointless never comes up again.
0: They could have done anything to to just be they come home and that's what well that's what matters they left their house but they buy sweaters uh they they go to the their the simpsons version of build-a-bear called stuff and hug which is not that's not a bad gag name for a store like that you know that's okay uh and we get multiple bits here multiple gags about the build this build-a-bear store where Lisa can't get a, a, a costume for the dolphin because they're all sexist. The lady who works there won't sell a doctor's costume because she thinks Lisa's Ugh. dolphin is, is a girl. Uh and Ralph explodes a bear and is happy about it. He's happy that there the the everything's filled with uh stuffing. At least Ralph's happy, you know? At least Ralph is happy that's true. Yeah. It, it, the episode is always better when Ralph gets to be happy. Yeah, the, there's that uh Bart finds the bears that you can record your voice line on your voice into them so they they say with what they talk with your voice when you push the button. Uh apparently and he has the time to record hundreds of distinct voice lines on these bears that torment Homer to the extent that he destroys them dozens of teddy bears just kills them stabs them it has no shirt on looks like a madman and i mean going by homer's behavior in this episode this makes perfect sense
1: it, now, obviously the bears broke him and he's having a psychotic break
0: that's i mean that makes more sense than what actually goes on in this episode but it feels like i just don't know how to like i tonal i i i would like make that you know i made that list a few episodes back smoke on the daughter I believe it was, I made the list of eight things, the things, fundamental things that would break. I would do that for this episode, but it doesn't deserve that much effort. Um, But the total inconsistency is staggering in this episode. It is a whip. It is total whiplash because we have this incredibly ridiculous, silly, cartoonish, absurd scenes here with the Build-A-Bear stuff and Homer (laughs) stabbing them with a unicorn, a stuffed unicorn. And then we're supposed to get, real serious because now mona has come back and it's just this that's the that's what we get it's like this heavy stuff with mona and death and uh regret and sadness but it's also intermixed with a little really silly stuff and they just can't handle it the simpsons can't handle that in season 19 they're ridiculous for anything they can um yeah they finally leave them all man they leave them all they Thank get they goodness. get out of there. It's actually I looked at the clock. I think it was f- after five minutes of show had like they spent three minutes at the mall, and like is it, this whole episode is about Mona, but they spend five minutes of this episode not doing anything about not involved Mona. And you're like, why? Why wouldn't you just get to that stuff faster? Oh, it's because they have nothing to say. That's the actual there. There's your answer. If you're looking for one. Uh, but we we they come back to the house. The door is open. And uh, we get a long sequence here with Homer swinging a cinder block uh, that has a chain tied around it, like a, a, a mace, I guess, or a flail of oh, some sort. A flail, yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's his intruder killer, I guess. Um, he prowls around the house, uh, starts smelling apple pie, and then Will goes into the kitchen to realize that Mona has returned.
2: Hello, Homer. You're alive, and you baked a pie. Tell me? What's
0: going on? I'm fighting the robber. You go get
2: ice cream. Mom, I can't believe you're here. You keep disappearing and reappearing, and it's not funny. You're just like that show Scrubs.
3: Homer, I'm sorry I had to pretend to be dead, but it worked because the government isn't looking for me anymore. I can finally stop running and be your mom.
2: No thanks. What do you mean? Every time you go, I feel abandoned, but not this time. I'm not gonna let myself get hurt. Homer,
3: I'm through protesting and chaining myself to things. I've realized that the most important thing in my life is you.
2: That's what your mouth says, but my ears are too smart to believe it. In fact, I don't even want your pie. You already ate the whole thing. Well, I'm not going to digest it. <laughs>
3: Wow, Dad was so cute as a baby. When did he lose his cuteness? Oh, I have a picture of that right here. (laughs) I do feel bad for missing so much of Homer's childhood. But at least he wasn't raised by a television. See you later, honey. Mommy has to go chain herself to a nuclear submarine. Hugs and kisses.
0: (sighs) Oh, boy. So,
1: Robbie, this clip... Hmm. I Mona just shows up the government's not looking for her anymore and rather than, than explaining that in any way they're just like yeah that's what the episode's well, about Well,
0: if, uh, if she finally comes back well do you remember the last episode that Mona was in
1: yeah she faked her death so then no one would have been looking for her any of this time so what did she finally decide it, it had been enough time that it was okay for her to come back because the government thought her was dead and wasn't watching the Simpsons house anymore
0: is that what she's going for that's a good question, Matt, but the Simpsons writers do not care uh <laughs> about facts. As they or really don't. Detail or background information or or even their own con- like I understand the Simpsons don't honor really strictly honor continuity in in largely they don't. And that's fine. But I would assume that they would at least honor the continuity of Mona. She has been this is the third episode that Mona has been in. I would think that they would at least honor that where they would keep it clear from one to two to three. And, but they can't help themselves. I I really think that's it. Like they've gotten to the point where they, the way they write the show, it just touches everything. There is nothing that can escape it and they can't escape making everything so big and absurd, and cartoonish. And I, I don't even like to use the word cartoonish at this point, because I don't think it's, a, like, it doesn't feel like it's accurate anymore. It's not like it's Looney Tunes, and they're not obeying the laws of physics all of a sudden. It becomes a point where they are not recognizable as human anymore. Like, if you think back to Mother Simpson, you don't, there is not, there's no sign of Mona being a radical up until the moment she has to leave because she commits a crime. She gets caught and she has to leave for the safety of her family. That is how it's portrayed. But in this, they just casually give us a flashback where Mona flippantly says, I have to go chain myself to a submarine, sweetie, love hugs and kisses, whatever. And, it is so it's so elevated. It's not human anymore. It's when Mo, when Mona left originally. You bought it. I bought it. I went. Oh, that makes sense. She, she she you know she was influenced by the counterculture movement and the wrongs she thought were being committed. And she wanted to make a stand, and she got caught. And she didn't want her husband, and mostly she didn't want it to hurt. Homer, so she fled. She was afraid, and those are human things. Those are earnest things that anyone can connect with. You don't have to be some countercultural rebel to understand her motivation. You get it. But when you immediately, you know, five minutes in, we just see Mona's back. They don't address why it's now she's coming back. They don't. She says, "Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to stop protesting." So she's been protesting this entire time. Is that what you've been telling me? Even though she had, or. Maybe she hasn't been protesting. I feel
1: like that's a bad choice of words. It seems like what she should have said is, now I can stop, you know, doing my sabotage thing or whatever. Because if she had been protesting the entire time, they would have realized she's not dead and come after her.
0: Yes. And, like, it doesn't, there's no, there's certainly no logical consistency in any of this. There's no continuity. There's tons of plot holes every, every, every step along the way. You just look to this right or left, you see a plot hole. But it's more about, it's, I don't, I can dismiss the plot holes, Matt. You know, I can dismiss all that stuff. It's when she just says to Homer, I'm going to go chain myself to a submarine. You're like, that's, that's, you're outright just ignoring the solid foundation that was built back on Mother Simpson. And you're just like making a new episode, making a new Mona effectively. And it's just like, it doesn't talk about like, who oh, Okay. So Homer is upset. Homer doesn't want and this is the only interesting kernel, Matt. This is the only interesting kernel in here that I think is interesting and if it was developed into a full episode that was good, I would think it would be great. This 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 core kernel where Homer goes, "No, I don't want you around anymore because you're just going to leave again. You're you're you you say multiple times you say, "Oh no, I'm going to stay. I'm right here for you." And then you end up leaving again. And is it perfect behavior on Homer's part? Is it like the best human behavior you could? No, the like the the most selfless behavior to forgive her again and try and accept her back into your life. But flawed Homer being hurt by her constantly leaving him is interesting and could be compelling and very understandable. Everyone has had someone in their life reject them and lie to them about it being sticking around for whatever is this, for whatever reason and it may be healthier to forgive them to move on but what's healthier isn't always what happens and it's very human it's a human be- un- un- behavior to, and it's very easy to understand homer going no i don't want you this time go away you're just gonna leave again i'm we- gonna do get out in front of it
1: Yes, because that is very interesting for Homer to be doing because uh, that is Homer showing some emotional maturity, which is something we don't get from Homer a lot. We get it from the other characters for the most part. Um, Marge has shown emotional maturity a lot, but that's not something we see from Homer. And it is Homer being vulnerable in a way that he hasn't been a lot of in the teen years. And that would be a very interesting episode. But instead... we get a weird James Bond
0: send up. I just, it's, it's, <laughs> sorry, it's, continue, continue. It's absolutely bad. Like, um, so we have this flashback Homer is eating and it, and it connects to Homer. His Homer's like, eating is connected to this the fact that 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 moda left him is why he overeats which is again like that's an interesting little note there that could contribute to oh that's why homer is the way he is because he was neglected and he was left for eight with abe alone and like this doesn't even get into like the weird abe mona relationship and the fact that it is pretty interesting that you know what we talk about how abe was a bad dad but Abe was left alone. He was a single father trying to de- trying to raise a son on his own and work full time. Like, yeah, that'd be hard. And it's not Mona is not blameless. She did do this kind of reckless stuff that uh, and basically abandoned her son. And like, the, there you, you could easily craft a lot of fertile a lot of fertile story around that stuff. But instead, Homer watches the Yuppies, <laughs> and we get here's Lance Armstrong and Fozzie Bear a Muppet who they rip. That's unforgivable on my part. Like this is totally divorced from Lance Armstrong and the real guy who from all accounts is a monster (laughs) and and like incredible athlete didn't regardless of he was taking whatever kind of drugs at the time, still incredible athlete. But if Lance, if anyone, Matt, if I'm watching any show and there's a man, a person and they're co-hosting it with a, a Muppet and they rip off the Muppet part, I would mm-hmm. never forgive them.
1: Oh, no, it would be horrible.
0: Ever, ever. Like, don't shatter that illusion. The Muppets are are beloved and beautiful. And, and as far as I know, every single person that has ever worked with a Muppet or the Muppets in general say it's almost impossible not to treat them like they're real people. Like, you know, there's a part of your mind that knows that, oh, yeah, there's a person or the hand in there and they're doing a voice and it's not real. You know, Kermit's not real. Miss Piggy isn't real. They're characters. They're puppets. They're puppets. But they almost—it's just this illusion that's cast, and you treat them like they're real people. And the fact that they write Lance Armstrong to rip off poor Fozzie, God, it feels like a feels like a crime. Um, she, he's watching the ESPYS, and Mona comes to him in bed, uh, trying to mend their relationship.
2: Homer. Are you okay? I'm fine. It's my feelings that are mad. Sweetheart,
3: when I left you, it was because I thought I could make the world a little bit better. Maybe all I did was make my own world a lot worse. I only hope you can forgive
2: me. No, I can't forgive you, and I don't accept your tuck-in.
3: I understand. These things take time. Good night.
2: I don't want I do Oh, I feel terrible. My own mother reached out to me and I rejected her. I'm gonna make her a card. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mom? Are you asleep? Asleep
1: with your eyes open? Mom? Mom? This this scene is so cheap. And it hurts me because this is Devastating for Homer, and it should be. We should. This should be the end of Act Two of this episode. uh when Homer has you know separated from his mom, told her he can't stand being around her because he's so afraid that she's going to hurt him again. And Homer finally decides to give her the chance, and he can't because she's gone. This they should go to a commercial after this, with every single person watching the episode weeping uncontrollably. And then they have to somehow make it better in Act 3. But they can't. This is the end of Act 1. Because this is just... Ugh.
0: It... it like... I... Entirely divorced from context. This scene is relatively well done. The problem is that the rest of the episode happens. <laughs> the rest of the... It's at the end of Act 1. They've all... That it, it doesn't... It, you're like, wait a minute. There's an entire two more acts. What are they going to make this episode about? You know, is, are they going to just spend two whole acts with Homer dwelling on his mother's death and trying to make peace with it? The fact that she's gone. I'm like, well, if that was true, I could would give it credit. But I never haven't seen this episode before. I immediately went, oh, oh this is they're going to what are they going to do? I'm just waiting. I am literally I'm watching this fresh. I'm just waiting for the other shoe to drop. I'm like, what are they going to do? And I underestimated them. <laughs> I, I thought it would be. I, I just I, I did not expect. I did not expect James Bond. It's just crazy. Uh, we go to commercial at nine minutes and 43 seconds. Very long first act. Very long first act, and... It's a very long second act, too.
1: Yeah, and it's going to get real, real dumb. Like you thought the first act was strange and disjointed. Oh, it gets so much worse. At least the third act is tonally consistent throughout the entire thing. The second... Okay, anyway, alright we're going to start off. <laughs> um, We're going to start off with uh Homer at the funeral home. No funeral, no memorial service, nothing. They're there. Mona has already been cremated. And this is what we get.
2: (laughs) My mother's dead. (laughs) I'm still with you, son. Oh, this just gets worse and worse. (laughs) After your mother left me, I always planned to dance on her grave. First, it was going to be the hustle. Recently, I've been taking tap lessons. But now, well, I don't feel much like dancing. (laughs)
1: Yes, that was Abe wearing tap shoes, tapping away. He's really just walking, but they're tap shoes, so you know. Uh, from Homer, after telling her him he wanted to da- tap dance on Mona's grave, but now he's too sad. So that's that's where we're going to go with this. Uh, Homer is trying to reconcile everything that's just
0: happened to him, the the loss that he feels. M- Matt, and it's all jokes. Matt, I can I just I want to, I need to interject here because this Please is. Say. As just as a as a as a writer, this is absolutely insane to me, because if a character dies, having a funeral and a memorial service, one or one or both of them in your show, in your fiction it's like a, it's like a godsend. It's like, it is, it's a, such a boon. It is so, so there's so much value in having those scenes because they're ripe. They're filled with drama and catharsis and, and, in emotion. And it's so, it, it feels like it's so easy to write a scene here where Homer, you have this memorial service for, 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 for mona where you have all, every people go up one by one and they say their piece about mona and you, you i picture it so c- clearly in my mind even without any thought it's so simple you have that scene where homer one needs to go up and say something and he doesn't know what to say or he, he either he chickens out and and doesn't go up at all he goes up there and and freezes because he doesn't know what to say or three he does go up there he breaks down like there's so many different directions you can go with it but all of them are ripe for for rich dialogue and emotion and and letting characters Just show it, you know, it's like you're not it's that that show don't tell mentality. It makes it your job easy. Like and I it it is insane to me that they cut. I'm like, I'm like, okay. well, she's dead where I'm when we come back from commercial. I'm like, well, where are we going to pick it up? You know, is it going to be at the it'd be at the memorial service? That is what I expect. I fully expect it. And I probably should have because I should have expected the worst, but I expected like I still have that mental my mind frame like, oh, they're going to go to the the, the 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 easiest thing. You just go to the memorial service and you let Homer talk about his feelings. You just he's talking to the audience effectively about how he feels and it sets up the plot for the rest of the episode. But then they cut to them just sitting there with funeral directors, I guess, or something. And he's just holding. He, then I see that Homer's holding an urn. I'm like, wait a minute. Did she already get cremated? Everything's over. I'm like I, uh, uh, like I just for a moment like my mind was like, well, wait, 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 like I just had this like of like a, a like a aftershock of like of, of 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 like what 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 happened? Wait a minute, did I miss something? Why would they not use the memorial service as a way to mine these emotions?
1: I mean, to be fair, Homer can have these emotions in lots of places, and that would be fine, but they do a terrible job of it, because <laughs> I, I think because, well, uh, okay because if, if this is after the memorial service and Homer is still in shock because a lot of times memorial services happen you know, a few days after a person has died well within the realm of a person still being in shock from the death and not being able to process it, so if the point was oh, Homer is now like coming out of his shock after the memorial service he's handed his mother's ashes and he's starting to come to terms with it that's fine. Your way would have been fantastic, but it could be done. The problem is we get Abe talking about tap dancing. We then get uh, Homer going to Moe's, uh, where you know uh, the, he's commiserating with the fellas. And instead of them talking about Mona's death and how Homer feels, we get a stupid joke about Lenny calling his mother who wants to talk to Carl, wishing that Carl were her son, saying hello to Moe and ignoring Lenny. Okay. What? Why would you waste time with that incredibly stupid gag? And then, and then it gets worse. Homer goes to Apu to talk about the afterlife. Uh, I mean, this makes sense to us. I don't know if it makes sense to Homer because Homer doesn't seem to remember anything. That Apu is Hindu. He starts talking to Apu about the afterlife and what happens. And Apu, you know, uh, gives a very quick glossed over version of reincarnation that, you know, Mona might be reincarnated already into something else. Uh, so that Homer can feel her all around him. But instead, we get an argument between Apu and Ned Flanders, who happens to show up about the different afterlives. Again, completely glossing over Homer's grief. Like, why is Homer's grief the vehicle for all these jokes? Why can't you just let Homer grieve and <laughs> then stick jokes in anywhere
0: else? Matt, this episode is, they are, it, I I would assume it's purposeful at this point, where they just, they are terrified of feelings like they are terrified of anything that is not oh we need we need to try and have levity in here because oh no this episode might make me feel something let's throw a joke in so we dispel all that earnest earnestness honestly it's really just like genuine emotion like there is never like the end of act 1 there is that like that's why i say oh at least it's that where like they do let you feel genuine sadness for a second but then it immediately, like, that scene where, like, Homer is trying to, Homer and Abe are there, and Abe's tap has the tap shoes on. We go to Moe's, and Moe, and, and there's jokes about Lenny and his mom. And then we go to the Quickie Martin and there's jokes about the afterlife, about Christians being downers. And you're like, what? <laughs> can, can we just let Homer sit in sat? Like, let the, not just let Homer sit in his grief. Let the audience sit in that those feelings. But instead you get these incredibly tacky and hacky jokes. Like that's the thing. It's just these jokes about this hackiness and like and Ned going like, no, your mom's gone. She's you know, and you're like this who and I, I also say, like, this cynicism in all of this is just it's like again, it's another just a hallmark of these teen years where no one is nice about this. He goes to Moe's, and everyone's just like, "Oh yeah, you know, you really should." You know, Homer's mom has just passed, and they're all going like, "Yeah, you gotta make. You can't let you know bad stuff happen, and you gotta, you know, you gotta let make make it up. You know, make up with people before they they die." And you're like, "Well, saying that doesn't really help Homer now, so maybe don't." And then you have a Pooh, who the I will say. That Apu is introduced in the scene, arguing about with Manjula and saying that as soon as he dies, Manjula will remarry. And you're like, okay. And then Ned, who... Ned is a... My Ned. Hey, Matt, my Ned. Mm-hmm. Certainly not Ned of season 19. But my Ned, he is a nice man. Maybe the nicest man. Mm-hmm. And he would comfort Homer. He would.
1: When they would ignore all of this, you know, religious sniping crap, and be like, "No, what's important is that I help my friend because he's a good person," but instead,
0: he says the most hurtful thing possible, and then Homer walks away. <laughs> this is crazy. This is a. I I think this is the first time I wrote. What is this? It is. No, I did write what is happening earlier. So this is what this is. I added what 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 is this? Like, what what are we watching? What's the point of all this, by the way? What are we getting to? And I'm like, well, is it to get to Homer trying to deal with his grief? OK, and I like out here. I'll even give this, man. This is me giving the benefit of the doubt. These scenes are all terrible, really. But at least they're realistic. You know, like they are people saying things that humans say so there's that. It's we have not entered the realm of impossibility yet. We have not yet. yet. Yes, yes, yes.
1: But don't worry, we will. Yeah.
0: yeah. So
1: so, so, so. Uh we get through uh, all of this and instead of finding a way for Homer to to come to terms with his grief, we get a, a video will from Moda. That's normal. It's a part of a thing, it's a video will because Uh, They could sneak some jokes in, I guess. So, here it is. Homer, look what I found with your mother's things. (gasps) A donut from the future?
2: The following video was recorded at Gary's Video Will's. Maggie, that's the
3: same Gary that filmed your birthday
2: party. Remember?
3: He brought his girlfriend and they got in a fight? Hello, Homer. If you are watching this right now, I am dead. Or if I'm not dead, you've gotten into my stuff. But if I am dead, this is my will. And if I'm not, get out of my stuff. (sniffs) Hmm. To my grandson, Bart, I leave my Swiss army knife. Cool. My dearest Lisa, I leave you a priceless item so powerful, no government can ever extinguish it. My rebellious spirit. Grandma, I accept your gift. You got nothing. You got nothing. Marge. I have a purse for you. It's woven out of nature's most amazing material, hemp. Mm, it smells like concerts. And lastly, for Homer, I leave you something very special. Woo-hoo! A difficult task. Go! Go to Springfield Monument Park and climb to the highest point. At exactly 3 o'clock, release my ashes. I love you, Homer. And now, because they're your favorite, please enjoy some animal bloopers.
2: Oh, my. He always knew just how to make everything all right.
1: And then we get a scene of a, I believe a monkey smoking a cigar on the toilet or something like that. Just you, the kind of things Homer would enjoy. So
0: that's where we're at. Okay. <laughs> this, Not the it, worst. I I was going to say that, like, this idea. Like, I – the problem – again, the problem is just, like, I know the Simpsons at this point, mm-hmm. What the, what they yeah. are. And I had no idea what was going to be waiting for us at the top of this mountain. I assumed that it would not be just a nice and sweet moment where Homer releases her ashes. I did, but I again, I underestimated the show, <laughs> or maybe you I did, o- or, or maybe I overestimated it. You know, like I gave them Robbie, too I'm much the- credit. I'm going
1: to tell you something that I didn't realize until we started watching this episode. I'm not sure I've seen this episode before. This, this might be the first time I've seen this because none of this rang a bell to me. I don't think that I ever saw this. It's, and man, how I wish that was still the case.
0: It's possible that you had seen this before, Matt, but your mind did you a service and destroyed uh. all those memories. It killed those brain cells just as a safety mechanism. You know, it was. I mean, just, that would be nice. It's like Memento. You know, <laughs> like you're just you can't, rem- <laughs> you can't remember that stuff. It would it would hurt too much. So they climb the mountain, so, and I'm like, okay, they're climbing the mountain. That's nice. Like that's like, uh, that's not a bad idea. Like tying physical labor to processing emotional doing emotional labor like that's that's a tried and true narrative of tying your a physical labor to emotional labor that can work that can work yeah that's not what they do though oh no no
1: No. homer has to be a jerk
0: oh Uh, so
1: homer spends they, they spend a little bit of time with uh homer Uh, just being a jerk Uh, he eventually drives off the entire family yeah they're all uh, climbing the mountain together
0: they're all climbing the mountain together and then it would be like i was again this is me just going like well it would be that it's really hard and they have to stop because it's really hard to climb this mountain and homer keeps going even despite the fact he's not in great shape because his mother drives it but they don't do that (laughs) no they don't do that they have
1: uh, yeah because or just so that no homer pushes them on because he's so dedicated to his mother but no homer is a jerk to everyone to the point where they abandon him because <laughs> just they, okay,
0: I, can i sure. put out that they write they again why are they writing can i ask why they write lisa like this why are they writing lisa in this episode like this where she corrects homer homer says i'm gonna get revenge on my mother lisa's like that's not the right word and homer makes a condescending comment about how no one likes being corrected
1: I'm, yeah or he, he makes a completely sarcastic uh comment about how everyone likes being corrected yes and that the, obviously being sarcastic yeah. yes
0: well i'm like well you, i just don't write lisa is not a real person you wrote her to yeah. be that way and you wrote a little eight-year-old girl to be annoying like you could just make it so she's not No. Okay. You could, but no.
1: Okay. All right. Okay. So, uh, Homer eventually makes it to the top of the mountain by himself, because at this point he has driven off the entire family, uh, and we get a it's... very sweet... What's that, Robbie? No, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, we get a very sweet moment where Homer has a last um, last uh, conversation with his mother as he's about to dump her ashes.
2: Mom? We didn't know each other very well. If we did, you never would have asked me to climb anything. But even when you weren't around, I always felt good knowing you were out there somewhere. Three o'clock. Goodbye, Mom. You're finally free. <laughs>
3: System
2: destroyed. Launch aborted. Wait a minute. Mom's ashes stopped that missile launch. Mom, you used me to pull one more stupid hippie protest, didn't you? Judging from the wind direction, distance, time of day, the ashes must have come from...
1: Him! And then he points directly at Homer because... uh, The ashes have flown up and clogged a missile guidance computer that that was in the Springfield uh, monument behind Homer. He has somehow completely missed up until this point. Homer turns around to this thing he has just climbed and says, Oh, look, there's a giant hole in the ground with a missile coming out of it. I can't even. All they had to do, all they had to do was have it fly in a vent and go down in there. And it, it wouldn't be this stupid. But no, it flies in a giant open hole. Also... How did Mona know that the win
0: was going to be exactly this? I just oh my Matt, okay, Matt. Oh, Wait, Matt, 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 Matt. Well, okay. I'm going to be very clear about this. Okay, if you have never watched this episode, don't don't do it. No, <laughs> don't please don't God, watch do it. Not if you're listening, if you listen to these episodes blindly, just you know take our word for how bad they are. That's perfect for this. Don't ever watch this episode. I just want to be very clear for the people who have not watched this episode. We we get a, a very emotional scene that we just listened to with homer and it and you're like oh wow they're just gonna let this be huh i don't know what's gonna happen you know i had no idea what was gonna happen after he releases her ashes and i was expecting something stupid but you know i was i was i was gonna be like it was gonna be like a uh i was expecting her her ashes turn into her in the sky and they talk to homer i was expecting you know that. something sweet Yes, yeah, some like it might be like unrealistic, it might be unrealistic or like you know impossible, but it would be at least emotional. It it would be at least pushing towards some kind of emotional arc for Homer, but instead he releases her ashes and they fly through the air into the massive missile silo, silo that this mountain has been turned into. And then into the intake of a computer and not one of the st- yes, not one, not one, I just I paused. I know then it won't pick up on the final recording, but I paused for a good fifteen seconds because I had no idea what to say. Like there are I I put this in the I put this in the notes. This might be the dumbest thing in the Simpsons yet. It, it, and and the worst part
1: is it's going to get worse.
0: It's like it, it, it's like it's not just the fact that they don't let this turn into a real emotional beat. They don't let that moment sit and mean something. It's just so many things where they clearly are like, no, this happens because we say it does. You're like, well, and as it builds, you're like, wait a minute, how, why is this a missile silo? And it's and you learn we learn Matt this isn't the government like if you if you told me this was the government having a missile silo in a national park I'd be like okay they could hide that sure mm-hmm. sure but it's not it's Burns building a missile silo on public land in the midst of a big mountain that everyone has access to all the time. And he's using it. And, and you're like, and well, we haven't gotten to that part yet.
1: Right? I we know. I know. Of- I,
0: and I know Matt, but it's just that, and it's at three o'clock somehow that Mona knows exactly that the wind shifts for whatever odd reason. And she's doing this. She, she's and like, I don't like, it's hard to take this too seriously because this is so silly like all of this from this moment forward is just the silliest absurdest stuff but if you take this at face value mona is an absolute insane person uh-huh she's <laughs> involving her son in
1: horrible schemes
0: that, for no she, reason after she's dead like it's just crazy like she's literally like risking over his life after she herself has died, after she has basically, you know, rejected and avoided him her entire life. And <laughs> you're like, it's like, oh, all those good feelings I had about Mother Simpson are, oof, they're gone. They're just gone. Yeah, flushing
1: Wait, down the toilet. But this isn't this isn't the
0: end of the act, is it? That clip is not the last thing that happens in this act, is it, no. Oh. no,
1: it's not, Robbie. <laughs> because Homer... Is getting shot at, of course. seems to fall into the missile silo mm-hmm. on top of the missile. Yep, where it rocks back and forth until Homer falls down to the ground and gets beaten up by the guards. The guards, ashes.
0: I would. Hey, Matt. The guards rock it back and forth. Okay, you know, like it's a right, like right. it's a the treehouse. They they rock the missile back and forth. <laughs> How much do missiles weigh, Matt? Yeah. ICBMs. This a is like lot. an. This is like an a ICBM. a yeah. lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. <laughs> the hundreds of tons. You know, like you know. You know, I was
1: going to say this for Act Three, but Robbie has always already told us that Mr. Burns is using this rocket to spread nuclear waste to the Amazon. Do you want to know why we don't do that, Robbie?
0: Why? Why is that? Because
1: nuclear waste is really freaking heavy. <laughs> it's some of the heaviest metals we have on Earth. That's why we don't launch it into space. Also, if there were an accident, it would spread nuclear waste everywhere. Not that Mr. Burns would have a problem with that last part. But still, it would cost astronomical amounts to get it into space. This rocket would never be able to be like moved even an inch by these guys. I'd...
0: Anyway, sorry. <laughs> i hate it so much he gets beat up by guards so they're trying to okay but they're also they're trying to kill him at first they're literally they have assault rifles they're shooting at him they don't hit mm-hmm. him but then they just beat him up wouldn't they just shoot him you think and get rid of the body it's presumably yep. just burn it or you know throw it into a furnace or something um we go to commercial we come back for commercial 17 minutes to two seconds which gives us just over four minutes To wrap this up, Matt. Four minutes. Four minutes. (laughs) Four minutes. I looked at the time. The credits start rolling. Do you know the best way to do that? What is that, Matt?
1: Make something completely wacky happen. (laughs) Yes, it is.
0: There's literally, I looked at the credits rolling about 21 minutes and 10 seconds, which leaves us just over four minutes to wrap up this story. Uh, So, okay. So Homer is a prisoner. And we find out he's a prisoner of Mr. Burns. And Burns monologues and tells us everything.
2: Here's your mother. You can have her. To me, she's been nothing but trouble. What's the delay? Mr. Burns, we had a saboteur. Well, well, well. Who's this delightful young lady? She's what held up the launch, sir. Pity you and I could have shared the world. You do know you're talking to a bag of ashes. Hey, I've seen your wife. She's no Mamie Van Doren. Just what are you guys up to? Oh, I suppose there's no harm in telling you. I'm using the rocket to dispose of Springfield's nuclear waste by sending it straight to the heart of the Amazon rainforest. (gasps) The rainforest? That's that thing Lisa likes. Well, maybe she'll like it better filled with dying trees and mutated animals. You monster! On another subject, next Thursday I have to leave work early. I assume that's cool
3: all systems operational excellent <laughs>
0: mm. uh yeah um uh, this, uh, this, no, this no this makes any sense uh it's complete nope. it's complete complete nonsense uh how does like there's a, every single step along the way man, I'm like wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute just everything I'm just wait a second that doesn't what what, what, what what huh like how does one how does burns know that the ashes are a woman at like he's he's like who's this young lady? He's Homer is ca- holding a a vacuum bag with his mother's ashes in it, and Burns talks to the ashes like they're a person. And <laughs> what is happening? What is going on? Uh, Homer is upset, and he talks to talks to the vacuum bag with the remnants of his ashes. Even though, how would they get them back, Matt? Nah. I don't vacuum them out of the computer It destroyed I don't know I, I, It doesn't okay um, But the family is still there You know the family is still around the mountain And they're wondering what happened to Homer uh, And they figure it out They they see him or something It doesn't make any sense Um, Because uh, Bart drops him The uh, Swiss Army knife And Like I said they can't help themselves Matt this little bit is just a, a good representation of that because Bart drops it and it just the, the blade just goes directly into Homer's head like it's just ba- buried hilt deep in Homer's head. Three inches of blade just inside Homer's skull. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and Ober thanks him. He says, Thank you, boy. And you're okay. Uh, so. Homer has a knife and he's he's cut, uses that uses it to I don't his hands are tied. How does it get to the blade in his head? Robbie, that requires I, thought. I know. They don't yeah, care. Yeah, we don't do that. We don't we don't do that. But uh we cut some Arch and Lisa, they're on the surface, and they're gonna try and do their part to help Homer escape.
2: How am I ever gonna take on all those guys? What could I make from those two things? Yeah.
3: My purse is made of hemp. If we burn it, the silly smoke will mellow out those guards. We can ignite it with these crystal earrings Grandma gave me. I thought she gave you her rebellious spirit. I found them on her nightstand. What? Bart got a Swiss Army knife.
1: (sighs) That's I, not how hemp works. <laughs> Why does it matter that Lisa took that? I just,
0: <sighs> I, I, I'll say this, man. I, I, I mildly enjoyed Lisa going like, "What? Yeah, I got it. her earrings. Bart got a knife. I should get like that. I. That's like that is a real child." instinct yeah so i went oh that's that feels like a human <laughs> i think i really i think that's my my general urge was like oh that feels like a human did that so i i i didn't laugh but i did go hmm you know i did that kind of thing um so they're gonna <laughs> they're gonna burn the hemp bag which burning hemp does not make you high does not it does has no narcotic narcotic effect <laughs> I don't know why they think it does. It's list you know number one million and sixty on the list of things that doesn't are, it does not reflect reality in this episode. I guess I shouldn't complain about it uh, because I, there's there's so many things. This whole sequence doesn't make any sense. So families helping Homer. I guess I guess they're also just doing these things, assuming they know what's going on inside this facility. How would they know that Homer needs the guards to be drugged up? The, I okay. probably okay. this uh, makes sense. I understand. Okay, got it. So they light the hemp bag on on fire with Lisa's, the, she has the crystal earring. She uses it to hone the sun into a little tiny beam, the laser to like, ignite the hemp bag. And they use the smoke from the hemp bag to, quote unquote, drug the guards. Um, the guards no longer have guns. They had them before. They don't have them now. Uh Homer has a chain and a cinder block. We get a call back to the first act when he found Mona in the house. In it's the I would normally applaud any kind of narrative forethought, Matt, but this is the worst kind. Mm-hmm. I can't. I can't. They don't have guns now, so he Homer one by one beats them up with his cinder block on a chain. Just one at a time. They walk at him, he's swinging it. They get knocked mm-hmm. out. It's the worst. It's really bad. They're the worst guards ever. Did they in home uh, Burns is here to complain? Uh there's there's some narrative reason why this is so stupid. This you know what this comes off off as, Matt? This sequence silly. What's that? Like really bad Austin powers. Yes.
1: Yes, much worse than any of the actual
0: like uh, even Austin worse stuff. worse than Goldmember even. Like Goldmember's not great, but this is way worse than that. It just feels like this the laziest, like, hacky jokes about James Bond tropes. And, you know, it feels like the stuff that Austin Powers generally does accomplish, this is, like, that same attempts, but it's, like, there's no, not really any thought or effort, it seems. Um, Homer... <laughs> This is. I, I want to make sure I'm ma- making this up, Matt. Homer smashes the computer with the center block, mm-hmm. a- and that starts the self-destruct sequence?
1: You are correct. Actually, he set, he smashes it with the center block, then it starts a countdown, uh, th- th- then it's done. They he can't launch it anymore. Then he sets it down on the computer, which starts the uh,
0: countdown. Okay. So it's not the smashing that does it. It's the literally just he smashes it and then sets it down on the... Correct. Okay. That's very important. We get that distinction. <laughs> um, so the, everyone, I guess all those guards are dead. Uh, they blew up. <laughs> I think that's what happens. All those guards are dead now. Uh, is Burns dead? I assume Burns got out while Homer was beating up the guards. Probably has like an escape slide or something that Smithers threw him down. That's okay. Fair. Uh, We see uh, the place blow up and Homer glide in on a parachute and not just any parachute, a parachute with the British flag on it. (laughs) With the
1: James Bond music music.
0: Yeah. Just that on loop. And you're okay, boy. Okay. What? What? What what is going on? So uh, we get here quote-unquote, an ending uh, a little, well, a denouement, I guess, because it's not truly the ending, a denouement with Homer and the family.
2: Now I'll just add water to these ashes and bring my mother back to life. It doesn't work that way,
3: homie. But you'll live on forever in what you did
2: today.
0: Well then, Mom, this was for you. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. Homer rips open the vacuum bag and spreads his mother's ashes again. And uh, we have a scene to a flashback to Mona and Homer. Almost all of it has, has been footage already done. This is stuff that's been made for the those past two episodes. I think, and there's, aside from this, the very final scene with Homer and Mona, uh, all set to Paul Simon, uh, Mother and Daughter Reunion. It's a very good song. Very beautiful. Uh, this mm-hmm. is entirely unearned. <laughs> <laughs> yep. because you have just
1: ruined the character of Mona the entire episode and now you want us to like have feelings feel sad
0: about her loss yeah and then they, the final scene is um, Mona making cereal for Homer as a boy a young little tiny boy and they talk about how sweet Homer is because he wants more sugar in his cereal and Mona says no you don't need it you're sweet enough um as they're watching Richard Nixon on television. um, Matt, Homer says... We've already spent probably too much time on this. Talking about this the inanity of this episode. But Homer says, literally there at the end, that he says... Now to pour water on my mom's ashes to bring her back to life. I will
1: say that... The one thing I enjoyed about that is Marge very lovingly says that's not the way it works, and they just leave it there. It's just done after that. They don't try and make Homer act like he actually thought that. It's just nothing. And it's like, you know what? Homer's an idiot. I almost appreciate the joke, even if it's incredibly stupid, but I'm glad they just move
0: past that. I... (laughs) I can't be so generous. I, I I just can't I'm like I I just can't I've like there I feel like I if the intent is it's not Homer actually being that stupid, it's Homer being like this having a, this incredible wishful thinking where like oh I can make her come back to life, you know, he wanting his mother back. And it's just how they write Homer now is just he's just the dumbest man alive. And I can't take it anymore in this episode where we're supposed to have these deep feelings about Homer losing his mother it turns into a James Bond parody for the past six minutes of the episode and I I want to I I want to grab Mr. Simpsons writer I just want to shake and I just like I I just want to like what on earth are you I just want to yell at him and be like what are you what are you doing why did you do this? Why did you bring Mona back again and kill her to have a James Bond parody? Like, did you think this would work? Did you, like, is, did, if someone, if someone on this writing staff, if it was Joel H. Cohen or whoever was working in the room, if they just came to me and said, and just confirmed that they were like, oh, well, we ran out of time and this is what we had. So we, this is what we turned in. I would, I think I would feel better. Because if this is a genuine attempt at an episode, it's the most embarrassing thing I could think of. Oh, yeah. It cannot get much worse than this. Like, I will, this is not the most offensive episode The Simpsons ever ever written. Like, there's not... You know, it's not really, like, racist or anything. There's not racism. There's no homophobia. There's no transphobia. You know, there's not any of that problematic stuff. And there's not... It's not like... I, it, in in what you you said, character assassination. It's all that that stuff's kind of under the surface, uh. Because this episode is like Mona. Sure, certainly she made a big impact with that, you know, with Mother Simpson. But she's really only in a handful of episodes. Yeah. So who cares? But it is just baffling to me that you have like deaths of characters are are especially like, and also it doesn't help that they certainly they don't bring Mona back. But the ghost of Mona and memories of Mona with Glenn Close appear another half dozen times, at least, if not more. There was the Mona episode of this past season, which, oh my lord, might be my least favorite episode of the, of season 33. Uh, it was very bad, but. It's just they won't leave well enough alone. So it's not like this is even final. It's just like Frank Grimes. They're just like, eh, who cares? We'll just bring it back. Death doesn't mean anything. Let's just make jokes about it over and over again. Mm. Uh, this episode's terrible, Matt. Never watch it. Uh, it. I hate it. I hate this episode. It's awful. Awful, awful. It's awful. We'll rank it at the end of the show.
1: I mean, do I have to ask, Robbie, is this episode broken no, you were right the first time with that quick fix idea.
0: Let's see, quick fix, quick fix. Ah, you know, like at least this—it's—it's it's, it's evident, Matt. You know, like you know, it's not one of those ones where you have to waffle back and forth about if it's broken or not. Um, this is clearly—it's no. clearly broken. Um, it is not hard to fix. I don't. Like, well, I, the thing, it, is, like, do you want to
1: bother trying to fix this
0: yes yeah like that's the thing right this okay. i, I want to bother to fix it because here us doing this i want to make this clear us doing this little exercise we take five or ten minutes of an episode to do it usually it's not the same as writing an episode okay like you writing an episode out writing dialogue and crafting really smart jokes built in the foundation of the of the episode and in built in character, which is the thing we always complain about is they're not character jokes based on character of the jokes. There's reign of family guy stuff. You know, it's just like, Oh, cutaway gag, just something else because I can't think of a joke for this situation. I'm just going to write a joke and they cut away to it. Um, writing typical Simpsons jokes, really hard work, but it's not that hard work to hash out a very clear outline. Then you then build up with the jokes, with the development and stuff like that, and that's really what I want. Why I want to, I I don't mind the idea, like Homer dealing with the death of Mona. I have no, I have zero problem with that that idea, with that with that premise. Perfectly fine. Like I and I assume that they did this because they didn't think they could get Glenn close many more times. And they're just like, Oh, Glenn, maybe, maybe even Glenn close said, I don't really want to do the Simpsons anymore. You know, like, I don't, it's okay. You can take, and then later on, she changed her mind when she didn't get enough work anymore in movies or whatever. Um, Who knows? But I don't mind the idea. And you and I can knock this out in five minutes. I'm pretty sure. Cause it's really simple. Like, and you could start, Roughly the same with Mona coming back again, and Homer not wanting to reconnect because he's been burnt too many times by her, and then she passes away, and they can't, and they don't get to reconnect, and Homer feels regretful about it. That's there's that's that's there's, that's a good setup. That's there's so it is a good setup because. This is,
1: this is someone that Homer has not seen for so many years. And he has so much built up trauma from his mom leaving his life. I mean, that could really mess up a person, especially not getting to say goodbye. That would be horrendous. And you could have a whole episode of Homer
0: trying to reconnect with his feelings after that. And I and like this is what came to mind for me. One you and I think you have the you have a memorial service or whatever. And Homer doesn't know what to say. So he doesn't go up there and he wants to say something, but he can't think of it. And he's standing at her grave. And I like, I don't, I, I would not do the, I don't know. I, cre- you could do cremation. Like, it doesn't really matter if you want to bury her, but having a grave is so much, it's, it's, you know, it's like very poetic and you like, you have, it's very visual. There's the other thing, like you can literally have them standing at the grave and like, it could be a monument. Like, it's like, it's such an easy symbol. Uh, but it doesn't really matter. You can have her just have an urn or whatever. Um, But you want Homer to process. How does Homer process his grief over his mother? Because he never got to reconnect with her because he was holding on to those hurt feelings. And he still has all those hurt feelings because she left him, you know, and he didn't get to have her growing up for most of the time. And how does how can he process those feelings? And we have a allu- they've alluded to mona's history as a as a rebel you know as an underground member of the underground and doing like work mm-hmm. what like why couldn't we have an episode where homer traces those back and he ch- this like this could be a travel episode a little bit um and he goes to the and like you don't have to spend a lot of time with the travel itself it's him going to those places and meeting people that Mona's that she did touch, you know, people that she had a effect on and she helped. And like, that was the whole reason that they, 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 it says they say it themselves. Mona says it when you're like, I went to, I needed wanted to go help people. I had to leave. Um, and you could have those people tell Homer like, yeah, she always talked about her family that she had to leave behind, how much she regretted it. And, or, and, or he could find remnants or she could have, named things after him she could like there's just so many ways you could reconnect it and homer goes to these places and at each one he feels like he knows his mom a little bit more and can connect to the to what she's done on earth with her life with 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 the with the time she had and He's never, and and over time as he visits, you know, you make it like an easy three different places. One, two, three. And he's facing, you know, there's issues along the way, and and if you really, like, you can, you want to go super sappy? You could each have, each along the way, he faces difficulty on his travel. Like, oh, his, his, he rents a car and it breaks down. Or he's on a bus. And like there's a million different little, little tiny things that, or he's trying to get some player and the roads shut down or whatever. And each time you could have some whim of fate spin around and help him get that final step. And he could, you know, Homer, paints it in his mind oh it's my it's my it's it's mona it's mona's helping him get to the next step and and it's not like the simpsons haven't done that before um they've multiple times have basically let ghosts appear (laughs) and help help people and you don't have to do that that's just an idea it's how much you want to lean into it um you and you could also just paint it as um homer maybe it wasn't Mamona helping him, but from beyond the grave, or whatever, maybe it was just whims of fate, but that those feelings that the, that that the stuff cultivates is still touching, and it still can remind him of his mom and he as he goes and sees all these things that she did with her life, he can bring those back to Springfield. And realize, oh, that's... what, and, and maybe have a couple keepsakes that, oh, she left this here for you if you ever came around. She wanted you to have this. And, like, he could collect a handful of little items. And then, you, in the episode, him coming back to Springfield, he goes to the grave and he says something. You know, like, he couldn't... Ha- he didn't know what to say at the actual memorial service. But now, now that he's done these things, he's done the physical labor which I said before, the physical labor, tie it to emotional labor, tie it to that emotional arc. It's a physical, physical journey, a travel time together. He comes back to the grave. He says something just, he just talks to Mona effectively. You know, he says, or says what he would have said to everyone gathered at the memorial service. It doesn't matter that they're not there anymore. It's Matt. And it, it's only matters because he himself has processed those feelings. He's gotten in touch with what, who his mom was and the fact that she still did care about him, even if she couldn't or didn't show it. And it doesn't change the fact that he, and and at the end of her life, she still loved him regardless if he didn't want to reconnect or not. I like it. It's
1: processing grief is one of those things that has to, is different for every single person, for every single relationship. And that seems like a really nice way to help Homer process his.
0: And like, and you could spin it a million different ways. Like, you don't have like there. It's that's the thing, man. Like, that is the craziest thing. I said this. I hinted at this earlier. That like when I I write a lot about trauma. I write a lot about trauma. I write a lot a lot about grief. You know that you read every single one of my books. And I it's it like setting that stuff up feels like like when you like feels like I'm mining mining and like a for gold and I strike. A vein, like it feels so rich. You're like, oh yes, now I get to write this really powerful scene because there's so much to talk about. There's so it's so easy. Like that's the easiest thing in the world to have these really meaningful moments because the hardest part, the hardest part for me when I'm trying to write a scene with characters, is just like, well, what? Is it, how do I get them to talk about this stuff? How do I get them to realize these things about themselves? People don't just speak but aloud. Robbie, their... Robbie,
1: I was gonna say, you can just make them say how they feel out loud.
0: <laughs> that makes me feel angry. <laughs> I know exactly. That's, I was gonna say the same thing, Matt. Like, it's just like, well, they just do it, like, they just say it, you know, they just say it. And you're like, the, humans naturally don't just speak their emotions. Generally, they have to come to a place where they feel comfortable and make it make sense. But this, the season nineteen Simpsons, they're just like, oh, they just yell it. Homer just yells it out loud, and you're like, okay, <laughs> all right. Like, like it's. I feel like there's. It's such a narratively rich area to mine. There's so many. There's so much fiction out there that you can see and watch, and like about people at with trying to process their grief and trying to process trauma and trying to process bad bad connections, bad relationships, and why on earth. <laughs> why did they they, it's like and then they spin it into james bond (laughs) what is going on oh my lord oh boy okay that's it uh uh that's for fix my so we can move on fix this fix this episode fix my episode yeah let's fix this episode of this podcast Just never to watch this stupid episode of the simpsons we can move on to our next segment it's time for comments in the news group okay here we are alt.nerd.obsessive uh, comments to do scripts, where I asked our patrons on our on our on our Patreon, patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show. And they leave their thoughts, their reviews about an episode. Uh even truly terrible ones like this one. Um uh, from First Mary Anthony. The episode was terrible. The fact that it came out on my birthday slash mother's day, even worse. Only episode my mom ever watched with me, and for that I wasn't allowed to watch The Simpsons for a while. So I always remember this episode as the one that got the Simpsons banned in my house. Uh, she did teach me uh, what fridging a character meant that night. Rip Alexandra DeWitt. So it wasn't a total loss, but this episode. (laughs) Yeah. Um, from Charles Mona was a complete non-entity for me after this episode. Keep in mind. I saw it before I saw Homer's paternity coot, where we learned that the story told in mother Simpson is incredibly self-serving. Homer finally calls his mother out for repeatedly coming in out of his life, only for her to die immediately afterwards. She then exploits her son's grief to send him on to a mission that may get him and his family hurt or even killed in order to give the finger to Burns one last time. Not only does she show that, yes, she had only returned because of her vendetta against Burns, the convenience of her death brings to question exactly how she died. Uh, Abe and Mona are two very flawed people who, while they tried their best, ultimately failed being both spouses and parents. However, Mona gets none of the blame except none of the responsibility because it all shoved on Abe making her the very definition of a disillusioned parent holier than thou hypocrite who coaxes on the fact that she's more emotionally supportive than Abe uh, and allows and burns as burns to be as selfish as she wants to be. The worst thing is that she will never be called out the next time she appears. She's back to being treated as a saint with Homer blaming himself for her leaving. The, the, uh, that was, uh, honestly, like, that is just also so frustrating. Is like, she's dead. Stop. You cannot keep bringing her back. Stop it. You killed her to stop, so stop writing stories about her. Like, it's just, so, ugh, okay. From Mark, feel they wrote a Hank Scorpio story and a Mona story and mixed them together and got rid of Scorpio. <laughs> Strange episode. <laughs> uh, from Derek, a resounding failure. My mother, the carjacker, is rubbish in the sense of the contents of your recycling bin thin with just empty plastic bottles. This, by contrast, is the rancid contents of your food bin when the f- bin men have been on strike for fortnight now and everything has just been sitting there putrefying. It's always driven me crazy when people said The Simpsons get better post-movie. I'm always flabbergasted because I think it gets so, so much worse. Nineteen is the setup for the pure unchecked cringe that is about to be unleashed. You can really see it here with uh, with awful painful dialogue, like you keep appearing and reappearing, and it's not funny. You're just like that show Scrubs. Lines is clunky word even in season fifteen episodes, but get ready, because they're paving that way for paving the way for gems such as our story is a tragedy, like Planet of the Apes. Tragedy being that they can't stop making them cute can laughter that piece of exquisite dialogue came from season 26 as the kids are all fight it was the first post teen episode i'd ever seen on my mouth at the floor so really this episode is terrible on its own but it contributes to the ever declining quality of the show and so so is deserving and so is deserving of even more ire directed towards it <sighs> i would say this is the thing we're going to be talking about as we go into this the 20 seasons which we're almost there we're only an episode away from season 20 man uh we're gonna keep we're gonna keep an eye about that about that opinion about did does the show get better after the movie? It certainly hasn't yet.
1: <laughs> it certainly has not yet. Not I mean yet. I think it'll get better once they move to HD halfway through season twenty.
0: That's a thing, right? I mean, I think that people I, I largely I think it gets better because it's very hard to get worse, but I think it's like I will take boring earnestness over Kind of whatever this is, <laughs> I I think, and I I like I prefer that. I don't know if it's that much better, but I I don't know if that's true though. I I I haven't I've only seen a some. I've seen more of the post you know the post movie episodes between that and like you know into where where the show was when we started this podcast like season twenty seven or something. Um, but I don't know. We're gonna keep an eye on it. Um we might even we might I we should add that to our uh to the to the to the spreadsheet map. We're gonna start doing post movie rankings, I think. Oh and, okay. and, and see how it goes. Um or just or at least just note things are post movie, you know, and see where they rank compared to other stuff. Uh from Tim. Not as bad as I expected. Yes, the third act is a very poor version of You Only Move Twice, but I don't feel that bad about it. And yes, the inciting incident was more than enough, but all in all, I felt they gave Mona a somewhat dignified death. Number 287 and canon. Fortunately, they don't ever bring her back. Right? Uh, Tim. Oh. Uh, I mean, they don't bring her. She's not... She never comes back technically alive. <laughs> but we'll be around. Jeez, there's a lot of episodes with a lot of Mona in them. Uh, from Benjamin, well, that was awful. Some Mo just kept getting worse too. I didn't laugh at all and the attempt at the ending was totally unearned, fully skippable, look closer to any of the plot points. It just falls apart. Uh, from JJ, for what, in theory, should be a very emotional episode, the pacing is awful, and they handle their time so poorly, as evidenced by the long couch gag and the completely disconnected mall scenes. Mona just appears in the house randomly, and then just dies, and then it just descends into predictable zaniness. It's almost surreal watching Mona interact with obnoxious cartoon season 19 Homer when you contrast it with Mona's interactions with likable, empathetic season 7 Homer. You'd expect the episode where Mona actually dies to hit hard. But nothing in this comes close to the ending of mother, mother Simpson, even though I'll give this episode credit for at least handling her death scene with respect. There's a kernel of interest with Homer and the show confronting Mona's shortcomings as some mother, but they barely develop it in favor of redundant Bond homage. Also, Mona leaves a? That's even worse than Moana Lisa. It sure is, JJ. <laughs> I sure agree. I, I 1 million percent agree. Uh, from Warren, this was so bad say I have no idea how to fix it except to tear it up and burn it. Speaking of setting stuff on fire, burning hemp does not get you high. The active ingredient in marijuana well, that does get you high is Delta-9-THC, which is not present in hemp. Jeez, Google before you write an episode. Also, where's Maggie? Why didn't she get anything from Mona, and where did she go in the episode? Was she so offended by how stupid it was that she left? <laughs> is leaving an option? Mm-hmm. This episode was so eye-rolling, doing something my shock value is a 7 for wasting my time. Yeah, Maggie just vanishes. They just do that now. Yep. Like they usually like if you watch the Gold Years, sometimes Maggie would disappear for a bit, uh, for spans of time. But largely, they kept track of her and it made it make sense. And and they just don't care. Maggie just vanishes. It's fine. Who cares? It doesn't matter. Um, from Gabe, what the hell was this episode supposed to be? At first, it was supposed to be an emotional episode about a beloved character that died, but then it turns into a James Bond homage. The plot is all across the board. This episode could have been slightly better if we had more time with Mona. Writers should have spent more time in this episode since it's so important to the whole series. The episode is so bad, 3 out of 10 at best. Also, Mona Leavesa doesn't exactly roll off the tongue. Yeah, no am kidding. From Elliot. Ugh... That's, yeah, fair enough. Or Ugg, whichever one you prefer, however you like to pronounce Ugg. Uh, finally, from our favorite, our good old pal, Mr. Simpsons writer. This episode came up because a fellow writer in a moment of stress said, if I die, dump my ashes into Al Jean's CPAP machine. So, <laughs> so we started from that idea. Completely coincidentally, that writer did die soon after. Their spouse was not happy when I tried to tell them what I needed to do to fulfill their wishes.
1: Okay, seriously, Mr. Simpsons writer. I just... Why weren't you there for the actual episodes?
0: That would be so much funnier than what actually happened. If I die, dump my ashes in Alp G CPAP machine. Uh, oh, boy. All right, all right, we can move on to our next segment. It's time for the listener question of the week.
2: Let's try one more number.
0: <gasps> Yellow?
2: is going to give me something stupid. Well, hot dog, we have a wiener.
0: Yellow? Our listener, question of the week this week is What is your favorite John C. Riley performance? Tons and tons of great answers. A lot of repeats that I'm not surprised by. Uh, Matt, take it away.
1: Indeed. Uh, first up from Casey I'm a huge musical buff and one of the best stage to screen adaptations in Chicago. John C. Riley gives an excellent performance as Amos Heart. He really disappeared into the role for me. It's true. You, I, I forgot that was John C. Riley until I started thinking about his roles. Um, from anthony i want to say chicago but i gotta go boogie nights i'm not a fan of older movies but his performance was enough to get me into it also loved his performance as ralph in wrecking ralph i just uh, I, Tim.
0: I just wait, wait, wait i have one thing just one thing Matt. Mm-hmm. older movies boogie nights is yes, an opposite. older boogie nights is an old movie yeah it's from the 90s it's ancient robbie it's from the 90s yeah it <sighs> is over 20 years ago is it <laughs>
1: It is. It is. Someone said the other day about a sports team that got franchised in 2000. It was 22 years ago, and I nearly passed out in my chair. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. Uh, From Tim, a case of recency bias, but I really like him in HBO's winning time, The Rise of the Lakers, Dynasty. And I'm a Warriors fan, but Riley's performance of Jerry Buss, a likable sleaze, is in many ways similar to his other roles, but I really got to think he was the owner of the L.A. basketball franchise, and it helped dial up my anti celtic sentiment came in handy for the recent championships uh from lauren this is hard but i have to go with amos Hart in chicago he's able to play a character who is betrayed by his wife and downtrodden so well that you end up being sympathetic and rooting for him. well i would hope so i feel like that's a very sympathetic character but maybe i'm wrong uh from benjamin stepbrothers uh from gabe i gotta go with stepbrothers will farrow and john c brother are a great comedic duo in this movie one of the best comedies of all time uh, from Andrew, my favorite is Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story. All the scenes of him getting into different drugs make me laugh out loud every single time. <laughs> uh, uh, from at Bort ATX, as the resident musical enthusiast, I have to say his Oscar-nominated portrayal of Amos Hart in Chicago. He perfectly captured the sad sex spouse to Roxy Hart and completely brings down the house performing Mr. Cellophane. Uh, from Matt Wayscast, I'm probably in a minority, but I love Wreck-It His beat, probably not, but first one that comes to mind and one I love to rewatch. Uh, from Matt Hippy 200, uh, The Hours is best. Thank you, Robbie. (laughs)
0: It's his best. Uh,
1: The Hours. Uh, I know it's just a small and serious role for John C. Raleigh, but he captures the essence of his character perfectly. He means no harm to anyone, but is completely incapable of seeing his wife suffering. After reading the book, I was a bit nervous about who they were going to cast as Laura Brown's husband, but John C. Raleigh does a brilliant job as a man who has no understanding of the kind of power he holds in American society in the 50s.
0: Mm, I haven't seen that one. I'm going to have to watch that. Uh... (laughs) I think I've said that. I say this so much but I feel like it's just like I every time you say it, I, I truly do believe it. I don't think you'd like that movie, man. <laughs> okay then. I mean, you should do, it doesn't Thank mean you. you shouldn't watch it cuz you should you should still challenge yourself with things you, that are outside your wheelhouse, but I I like the hours, but it does not seem like a, I wouldn't recommend okay. I love okay. it's a you know, it's like the Victorian Victor it's the Victorian haunted house movie kind of thing and i a lot of them there's so many of them and i like most of them so i'm not but they are slow and kind of moody and they're not i wouldn't call them matt movies but maybe i'm wrong maybe I mean, you love that's
1: it fair that's fair i mean but it's i mean i very much enjoy meryl streep julianne moore and nicole kidman so maybe maybe i'll, I'll add it to a list maybe all right uh from at the Churro blog, The Legend, Dewey Cox, <laughs> uh, from at Frankie Kerr, Boogie Knights, another road for Boogie Knights, uh from at Axel Rhodes, Step Brothers, and it's not even close. And finally from at Toxtra, uh, Dr. Jerry Bus. I don't know what that's from. What's Jerry Bus, Robbie?
0: Dr. Jer- Jerry Bus is the uh is from the LA. That's the from the LA Lakers. Uh, oh, gotcha, that's, the, gotcha. that's the. name. I actually it.
1: really need to see that. That's
0: the name of the character. Uh well it's not a character, he's a real he was a real man. <laughs> um He was a real person. <laughs> yes. Um, you gotta, You gotta ask me what my favorite. Okay, is. Robbie. What is your favorite John C. Riley role? Okay. I here's the thing. I was all set to say Talladega Nights. Carl, oh,
1: man. Carl.
0: I was gonna say it. I was gonna say Talladega Nights. Carl on Jr. I love Talladega Nights. It's my f- my favorite comedy. Period. It's my favorite comedy. I released top five. You know, it might vary from day to day what my actual number one is, but it's always in contention. I think it perfectly parodies Southern culture. There's not a movie that does it better. But obviously, I can name Ricky Bobby. Will Ferrell, Ricky Bobby. I know Ricky Bobby. I had to look up John C. Riley's character's name. He's he, Cal, the second half of Shaken Bake, Robbie. I I know, but I couldn't think of it. And I like I like his I love his performance, and he's hilarious, in it he had a perfect counterpart to to Will Ferrell, and they work great as a team. Um. I do think Talley Knights is better than Step Brothers because Talley Knights doesn't use the crux, the crutch of curse words, or as the F bomb, really, which they do in Step Brothers a lot. And I feel like that's cheap. They, you know, they're just like, oh, well, we can't think of a joke. Let's just say the F, let's use the F word a lot. Um, But I couldn't think of the name. And I feel like it's not. He's, he's, I think, I will say this this is my caveat. I think he's funniest in Talley Knights. But my favorite performance. I would, I'm gonna, I wish, which is my other answer it was I went back and forth. Ralph, Wrecker Ralph. I, I, I love Ralph. And he's, I, obviously, he is the title character. So it's very easy to know his name. But Wrecker Ralph, uh, one of the movies that makes me cry every time. I watched Wrecker Ralph. I could watch a hundred times in a row. I'll cry every single time at the end. Um, it just It's just, it's, and he's, John C. Reilly's really, really good. Uh, there is, I do want to call out, I think it's called Criminal. I think that's the name of the movie, is Criminal. Um, But it is like, that is a a movie I would also, like, if you haven't seen it, I'd recommend that. Um, It's kind of a, or is it, is it, I think it's called, I need to make sure. It's, this is, this is before he, it's 2004, so he wasn't as, um, famous at the time but he plays a con artist in it uh, and it's it's very it's a kind of driven by performances more than you know it's it's not big it's not a premise driven movie it's not a big comedy it's not an animated film um but if you haven't seen criminal go wreck i'd recommend that
1: matt what is your answer it's actually a tough one because i'm gonna go with wreck it ralph because i feel like that is one of his roles with the greatest range um because i really enjoyed him in Chicago. Um, But and he totally deserved the Oscar nomination for that because it's an amazing role that he just absolutely crushed. Uh, But I think I enjoyed his performance in Wreck-It Ralph more because it shows greater rage. It shows him being funny. It shows him being a hero. It shows him being sweet and vulnerable. It's just a great all-around role. But we also can't deny Talladega Nights. I'm going with Rick and Ralph with honorable mentions to Chicago and uh, Talladega Nights. Talladega Nights, like Robbie said, is an amazing send-up of Southern culture. Uh, and it is just absolutely fantastic. I, I'm actually
0: probably going to go watch it now because of how great it is. Shake and bake. You can be second. You can be third. Can be fourth. Hell, <laughs> hell, you can be fifth. So good. <laughs> Next week's question. <laughs> what is your favorite fictional death? Ooh, that is gonna be a that, tough one. I mean for whatever reason, if it's like it could be like, oh wow, that's a really cool, gory death in a horror movie. It could be the most touching, heartfelt death in a drama, it could be the best death because oh, that villain died and I wanted them to die because they were terrible. Eh, but, you know, we'll do what you answer. Follow your heart, you know? Follow your heart. Post this question on social media on Twitter at Simpsons Showpod. You can email us to Simpsons Pod at gmail.com. And uh, I post this on our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash Uh Matt, it is time, once again, for the No Google Trivia Challenge.
2: I am too smart. I am too smart. S-M-R-T. I mean
0: S M A R T. The No Google Trivia Challenge, where Matt and I each challenge each other with three trivia questions. One easy, one medium, and one hard. And try and stump the other well i i got within range i'm i'm only six points behind with two episodes to go I'm c- counting this one i'm uh, not mathematically eliminated yet and i'd have to do really badly to get uh, mathematically eliminated after this episode but we'll see matt are you ready for the easy question i am ready in my mother the carjacker which character returns uh that'd be Mona simpson that is correct all right, Robbie,
1: your easy question. Mm-hmm. Uh, what family member does Homer start up a business with in Grandpa versus Sexual Inadequacy?
0: I believe that would be Grandpa, <laughs> Abe Simpson.
1: You would be right, Abe Simpson. <laughs> you always complain about my easy questions not being easy enough.
0: I mean, I'm not, I'm not, no complaints about that one, man. Uh, I mean, I prefer if it, the answer was Bart or Lisa. I think I have, I am on the record of saying that easy questions for me should always be either Bart or Lisa. It's like, but you know, I'll, I'll give you. You know, it was Grandpa. It's not too bad. Your medium question in my mother, the carjacker, Mona, and the other prisoners sing what song on the prison bus ride? Um, I believe it's "Swing Low, Sweet Chariot." Is that your final answer? Yes. The answer is "I Fought the Law." Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. All right. It's a good song. All right, fair. Yeah, I fought the
1: law and the law won. I remember now. Okay. <laughs> Uh, your medium
0: question: mm-hmm. Where does
1: Doctor Frank invite his fellow scientist after taking Grandpa's
0: revitalizing tonic? Mm, well, he he turns into like suave man. I remember that he, he turns does. into like <laughs> he turns into basically Stefan <laughs> Stefan Urkel mm-hmm. <laughs> from from Family Matters. Um, let's head to does he does he do like the Hugh Hefner thing? Because that's what I want to say. Like he does the Hefner thing, and he's like. Uh, let's go to the grotto does that that's my that's what my heart says matt so i'm gonna say that he goes like let's go let's retire to the grotto or something along those lines
1: all right uh i am sorry uh robbie uh he goes to says, let's have a wild wingding at the cyclotron
0: the cyclotron what's a cyclotron
1: uh, It's a particle accelerator
0: <laughs> of course of course that's where you go uh have sex yeah of course or the particle accelerator <laughs> you can accelerate some particles um, your hard question, Matt, what's the slogan for the Overpass Diner? Slogan for the Overpass Diner. Um, it's a cop show up, your meal is free. <laughs> no. Oh, that's... no, that's not right. Matt. The answer is a burger and squalor for under a dollar. Wow. Okay. Okay. I mean, that's not honestly wow. for a sign gag. That's not so bad. I, like, no, it's really I not. The problem is I really They're just Season 8 This is a thing We don't really touch on About much Because it's kind of a thing that Unless you talk about it Specifically You're not gonna mention it But They just don't have Sign gags anymore Because yeah, They really don't They don't spend the time It takes a lot of time To write them even, And they just You know You only see the sign gags The sign gags are the thing For split second reactions You pause And now We're in the age Where pausing a show Has never been easier but there just aren't sign gags. I, I pause the show. I, I, you know, I scroll through the show looking for a screen cap to put with the episode when we post it. I just don't do sign gags, really. There's just very few, far between, maybe one an episode, if we're lucky. It used to be in the golden years. It'd be a half dozen. But a burger and a for $100, that was the last Moan episode. Not, it's not that bad. You know, that's all right. No,
1: no. Honestly, it's it's good enough that i would be like yes that's funny
0: yeah exactly what's my hard question man all right rob your hard question what are the
1: four rooms we hear uh, uh that are in the triple a approved motor lodge that homer
0: and marge go to the four rooms um that, i think I, I think i'm thinking of a different episode altogether um so i'm completely blanking and i think i'm thinking of an entirely different episode yeah that's an entirely different episode um I don't know man. I can I do not have an answer for you.
1: Okay. Uh they are the Arabian Nights room, the Pharaoh's chamber, the caveman room where a Diamond Joe Quimby is entertaining someone, possibly even his wife,
0: and the utility room where Homer and Marge end up. Utility room. I like I remember the utility room, but I think I was thinking of I don't know. I I like I feel like there's like three or four. Like I was thinking Mr. and Mrs. Erotic American, but that's like that's from the No, that's the, this that's that episode uh, that's the beginning of this episode, yeah, that's what leads them there so i i'm like I'm confusing this with uh, the episode where they get caught at the mini golf course
1: Ah, uh, yes that's a, that's a completely really different episode
0: where they because they go to the, i know they go to the the the, the barn they get caught at the, they get caught in the rain at the ranch at the farm uh, yes, see so I'm like confusing uh, I these i I'm like is. pushing those two things together, and like I couldn't keep it straight it's fine um. I'm six points behind. I'm not mathematically eliminated. Not yet. Well, one episode ago, I could, if Matt gets zero points next week and I get six, I could tie it. And it's certainly possible that could happen. I might have to call in some help. Uh Uh-oh. I'm in big trouble. You're not in big trouble. You're perfectly fine. (laughs) There's literally zero chance. It's fine. Um, What do we do? To end this episode, to end this 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 terrible thing, we go to that. that was it. That was it for trivia. Yeah, we rank things. Uh, that's it for trivia. We can move on to our final show segment. Segment we end every single episode with. It's time for best episode ever. Best episode ever. Best episode ever. It's a part of the show where Matt and I rank the episodes categorically you watch them chronologically, eventually compiling a list of every episode ever and how good they are. Uh, this episode is very bad. I hate it. Uh, it doesn't really make it that unique among uh <laughs> season nineteen episodes. Um, but I don't, it's, I hate it in a different way than some of the other season 19 episodes. Like some of the other season 19 episodes are, I don't know, dumber or more offensive or frustrating, but this is also an episode where they take Mona, this beloved character, and they make it terrible, make it very stupid and annoying. Terrible,
1: terrible, terrible.
0: Yeah. Um, and, like, there are there's a couple moments in it where I go, oh, that's nice. Like, Mona's death, in particular, like, like, uh, some of our patron supporters mention it, like, it is respectful in that way. You know, like, it's not, this isn't Maude Flanders where she gets no, shot with that a t shirt gun and stuff, but it is, but everything surrounding it turning into a James Bond parody it's just baffling. And there's just so many continuity errors. And it's, I, I don't know what to do with it. Like I don't, it, it, it makes me really upset just because the fact that it's Mona and mother Simpson is so good. And every single time that they bring her back, they just bungle it. Um, Oh God. Um, all right, Matt, let's see that 90 show. Is this better or worse than that? 90 show. Um, that is a, darn good question um i will say i think this is better than that 90s show that is a it low bar is it's a low bar but it does clear it not maybe not by a lot yeah but it does clear it well because it doesn't completely like wreck the continuity uh i just ugh, i would so say annoying. i'm lar- i mean largely i hate that 90s show because it makes marge and homer both it's uh, just monsters and i can't overstate like that drug addiction stuff is the worst it, uh, it's just so terrible um, oh yeah there's uh, e pluribus Wiggum is the one above that that is the one where ralph becomes president and it doesn't have an ending mm-hmm. ralph runs well, ralph gets
1: nominated
0: to ralph run as a party yeah ralph doesn't run for ralph runs for president He doesn't win but uh i think think it doesn't have an ending this episode does have an ending i'll give it that matt, you know like, E. Plurus Wiggum just it, it, stops. That's true. That's true.
1: Okay, so right above E. Plurus Wiggum is Kiss Kiss Bang Bangalore, which mm. is
0: very bad. It's a thing. It's very bad. Um, God, I think we're getting really close, though. I think this is – we're in the – We ter- are. Yeah, this we is are. a close area because it's, it's harder and harder for me to nail it down. Um, I think I this is know. better. I think this is better than Kiss Kiss Bang Bangalore. I think I, I would, think uh, I, I slowly, yeah. very slightly, just tiny bit. Because um, okay, above that, love Springfieldian style.
1: That's I don't remember what that that's is. That's
0: the trilogy. That's the three love stories that don't make any sense. <laughs> and don't connect to each oh. other. Oh god. Um, no, thank you. No, thank you. Quite bad. Um, yeah, it's real bad. The love that love Springfieldian style. Like it. I. The only. <laughs> This is not really a good... It's not like a, a shiny beacon or anything. But I will say that Love Springfieldian style, because it's three separate stories, none of them stink very long. That is true. They is they true. only stink for a little bit, and then you're on to something else. So you don't have the time to sit with it. I'm going to say this is worse than Love Springfieldian style. I that's I think this is... I would rather watch that because the variety of it... And because it is bad, it does not, it does not, uh, you know, I don't know, destroy the legacy, <laughs> or or contribute yeah. to the destruction of a legacy of a of a a, a wonderful character like Mona Simpson, the first appearance of Mona Simpson, uh, but it, that's the thinnest of of recommendations, because Lois from *Green style is still bad. It's not it's, it's still, still very bad yeah i, I was gonna
1: say the Homer of seville is better than this but it's still terrible so don't ever watch any of these
0: yeah i mean you're down here the in basically in the 300s there's not much there uh to recommend like there's bits and pieces and stuff but overall you're like you don't need to watch them all right so is that okay just above kiss kiss bangalore Bang, Bang, matt is that okay with you I suppose you suppose you want to fight about it. You can we can put it above Love Springfieldian style. I definitely
1: do not want to fight about it, but okay. I just those episodes are so bad. I hate thinking about either of them. <laughs> I, I
0: I often go back to when I can't decide. I go which would I rather rewatch? You know, just <sighs> to sit down. And I think I'd rather watch rewatch Love Springfieldian style. I I like. I could. Yeah. I think I could stomach it. um Mona a the title alone. Oh my lord. Oh Lisa. Okay. Such so, a bad title. In
1: style, isn't that the one that ends with uh uh Lisa and Nelson as
0: uh Sid and Nancy? Yes it does, Matt. Okay. Okay. Again, not great, but I, I, this ends with Homer parachuting out of a, of a mil- missile silo well, uh, yeah. and spreading his mother's ashes out of a vacuum bag. <laughs> She's mm-hmm. in a vacuum mm-hmm. bag. Like, oh okay. Oh boy. I mean it's I don't know. I I you ask me tomorrow, I might change my mind. But I feel like it's <laughs> it, it's down here. Fair. So this is miserable. Um I just had it too. Mona leaves uh, number three sixty 360, number three sixty six, right below Loves from Fielding style, right above kiss kiss bag bangalore. Uh last place is codependence day. First place is still Homer's Enemy. Probably will never be surpassed at this point, but it is nice to think about. Uh, maybe someday there'll be an episode so good. I mean, I, we will have episodes in the top hundred again. Okay, there are episodes in the next, you know, eighteen years of the show, or, or thirteen, true, years, fourteen year, fourteen years of the show. But but by the time we get there, it'll probably be another three or four seasons done. Whatever. Um, that are not maybe the best ever, but. Top 100, maybe even top 50. Like there's really good episodes. I've seen them. I've watched them. There longer. are. Yeah. I go. That's a good episode. Um. Well, we're almost done, but there is one more thing we need to do. One more question to answer. And that question is: Do we shoot this episode out of the The cannon. The
2: cannon. The cannon. The
3: cannon.
1: The cannon. I mean, honestly, yeah. I say fire up the cannon because this is terrible, and we should remember, you know, Mona how she was.
0: Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, sure it's interest there's like there is a a a brief blip in my mind of like oh it's academic that they kill this character off in this terrible terrible way and that's interesting but no it's still terrible like it's awful as a simpsons fan it isn't in front uh fire the cannon (laughs) goodbye forever mona except not forever you'll be back (laughs) This is unfortunate. Yep. Uh so that's that that's it for Bye Fire the cannon. Uh we can move up to the top the list or work our way down. We are currently number ninety-three. Bart Star. Uh football. Football. Bart Bart A surprisingly good episode. Uh, yeah. I mean that's a, you know, season nine was that turning point where there's still the promise, there's still potential there, but you're starting to see the cracks. You know, just here mm-hmm. and there, just a little bit of here. You're like, wait a minute. What's that? That's weird. Oh, that's okay. I don't mind it. You know, and some of those things are like, well, exposed just a little bit. You're like, oh, that's not bad. I don't mind it. I don't mind the, the, you know, the the Mike Scully insanity when it's in the framework and solid foundation of a good episode. But when it's all by itself. Oh boy. But yeah, it stays. It stays. Come on. Bart Star. It's great. Bart Star is good. I love it. I love Bart Starr. Bart Starr's a lot of fun, a lot of fun. I think that's where we're at. Where a lot of these episodes, like that's fun. There's flaws, but they're fun. They're funny. They're solid. Yes. Oh, oh boy, ninety four. That's going to be an interesting discussion next week. Indeed, we're going to figure out what's going on here. I, I think I think it will stay, but we'll see. Um. You can find this episode, this list on our website. Its website is uh, the com. That's our, that's, that, everything's there. You guys need a link for anything, anything we do, our Twitter, our RSS feed to this list, or a link to our Patreon if you want to help support the show. It's right there. Uh, our next episode, Matt, our last, it's the last episode of season 19. That's good. Oh, goodness. All yeah, right. We're almost, yeah, exactly. We're almost to season 20. We're, we're moving right along. See, this is the, my favorite time right now is the summer because, we are making steady progress on the Simpsons and they're not catching up. You know, they're not they're we're we're That's we're, true. we're starting to lap them. You know, we get a solid three four months where we're putting out an episode a week. They're not, we're catching up. Slowly but surely. We're gonna we'll get up there sometime. Uh our next our our last that last episode of season nineteen is called All About Lisa. Interesting. I'm all down for an episode like that. Lisa becomes crusty clowns to his assistant and steals the spotlight, wins Entertainer of the year at the Springfield Media Awards, I was warned of that with her sudden fame comes a new attitude towards others and herself. Meanwhile, Homer and Bart bond over their newfound love of coin collecting. Huh. Okay. Drew Carey's in it. This episode just keeps getting weirder the more you talk about it. So, yeah, yeah let's watch There's it. a promo picture as Lisa dressed up like a clown. It's very strange. I, I, I'm I don't know what's going to happen. We'll see. We'll see. So I'll just be happy because it's the last episode of season 19. I don't have to worry about it too much. um But that'll do it for us before we go. You can find me online on Twitter at Robbie Dorman. My website is robbiedorman.com. Includes links to all the stuff I do, including my novels. I have 10 of them, most of them are our novels. The newest is called Burial. It's not a horror novel. It's a post apoc post post apocalyptic revenge western. It's uh really good, probably the best thing I've ever written. You should go check it out, regardless, because um, I I I really like it. Is that a good enough reason? Sure. It's on uh, Amazon. Anywhere you buy books, you can go find it, uh, or just go to my website, or go to my Twitter, or I. It's quite easy to find. You search my name, you'll you'll find you'll find it. It's not it's not that hard. Matt does not participate in social media. You will not find him.
1: Uh, that is correct. I spend all of my time uh, with my interns. You know the tiny fuzzy kind of interns, the kitten interns. Uh, you can check them out at kitten interns k i t t i n t e r n s on Instagram. Uh, you can see how incredibly cute they are. And we just had two more interns graduate. We're down to only three. For another day or two, probably. They're, they're always new ones graduating college and needing jobs. So we'll see how they turn out. But if you would like to see the cuteness, you can check them out uh, on Instagram. And maybe even pick one out for yourself in case you need uh, someone to, uh, you know, uh, that you can pay in treats and food. And, you know, maybe tummy rubs if they like that. That's a that's a trap, Matt. For most cats, it is. I've got one that's okay with it.
0: One out of 46.
1: I mean, the kittens are fine with it. They, your, they just your,
0: grow up to... your, your cats. Despite the fact that you constantly have a, like a sixteen cats in the house. Despite the fact only six of them uh. are your cats. Yeah. Okay. I see how it is. I understand. All right. Uh, yeah, you should do that. Yeah, you should do that. Follow them. They're cute kittens. I can't argue with cute kittens. Uh, what do I do? I say I'm Robbie, and I'm Matt. Hey, watch this episode. Shh.